Hey everyone, welcome to Spiritual Disciplines for Families. My name is Jordan Duncan, and it's my prayer that with this podcast, that you as parents would be able to learn about some of the most tried and tested ways that followers of Jesus have, well, been following Jesus. And I pray that as you begin to put some of these disciplines into practice with your kids, that you would be trained in the way of love by coming into contact with the one who loved us first, and that you would truly taste and see that the Lord is good. So far on the podcast, we've talked about the role of parents as disciple makers in making disciples out of their kids. And by making disciples, what we mean is orienting their hearts and their desires towards God. But practically, how does that happen? How do you actually do that? Well, that's where the spiritual disciplines come in to play a huge role. They are tools that you can use to do just that. So let's talk this week about what are the spiritual disciplines, what role do they have in a disciple's life, and how do they work? Well, at first, if you tell your kids that we're going to start doing spiritual disciplines, they're going to immediately think of what? Of punishment. If they hear the word discipline, it will probably alarm them. Now, as adults, it's probably been a while since we were disciplined for anything, unless, of course, you know, maybe we made a mistake at work and had some sort of formal discipline or a write-up. But on second thought, we realized quickly, oh yeah, there's other meanings to the word discipline that aren't about punishment, like self-discipline, which we exercise in order to keep ourselves from eating too much chocolate, or which we exercise in order to make ourselves go exercise, right? It takes self-discipline to get out there and go for a run. But wait, that still sounds like punishment. So is spiritual discipline about spiritual punishment? And what do the spiritual disciplines have to do with being a Christian and following Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I hope that's why you're listening to this podcast. As a disciple of Jesus, we are becoming more like him. Yet, this would be impossible to do on our own power. That's the whole message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that we can't become who we are meant to be as humans, as images of God. We can't look like Jesus. We can't live like him as we're supposed to do without some divine intervention, without some godly power in us. The good news, the gospel, is that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to sanctify us. Sanctify just means that we are transformed into his holiness. We are restored to what we were created to be. We were created to be the image of God on earth, just like Jesus is. To say that the Holy Spirit sanctifies us simply means that he transforms us into what we were created to be. So it's about a transformation, one that we couldn't do on our own. It's miraculous. And yet Jesus doesn't just come and simply wave his hands like some genie and poof, we're instantly transformed into his perfect image. Discipleship means following Jesus. Following means it's a journey or it's progress over time. This word disciple refers to the student of a master teacher. 
There is learning involved in following Jesus. And as anyone who's ever been to school knows, learning requires action from both the teacher and the student. The spiritual disciplines of the Christian life are simply the ways that we, as students of Jesus, intentionally act and engage with our discipleship. Notice the tie between the words disciple and discipline. Do you hear it? Disciple, discipline. The disciplines are the practices of a student through which they participate in the learning process. But what are the spiritual practices? And if you have looked at any of the writing on this, why am I capitalizing spiritual? Well, unfortunately, sometimes when Christians say something is spiritual, what they mean is it's for the elite Christians, as if that was even a thing. But we don't mean the elite or special Christians who supposedly have their act together. That's not what we mean by spiritual disciplines. That's not who the spiritual disciplines are for. The spiritual disciplines are for all disciples because the spiritual disciplines are some of the ways that we are discipled. So other times when well-meaning Christians might say something is spiritual, really what they mean is that it's mystical or emotional or somehow intangible, something interior. While the spiritual disciplines may seem at times a little mystical, and while they may affect and involve your emotions or bring in some interior or intangible aspects like, say, your character, that's not only what we mean when we call these practices spiritual, and that's not why we're capitalizing the word spiritual when we're writing about it. Instead, what we mean is what the Bible means by spiritual. When the Bible says something is spiritual, it means that something has to do with the Holy Spirit. You remember him? He's the third person of the Trinity, of one essence with and equal to God the Father and God the Son, the one breathing things into being at creation, the one who spoke through the prophets and dwelled in fire and smoke in Israel's temple, the one who descended on Jesus at his baptism and empowered him in his ministry, the one who Jesus said would remind us about his word and guide us into all truth, the one who was sent by Jesus at Pentecost and is given to us at our baptism. Yeah, that one. The spiritual disciplines are spiritual because they are the practices through which we participate in what God the Holy Spirit is doing and wants to do in our life to make us more like Jesus. The spiritual disciplines are disciplines because they are the ways in which disciples, the students, engage with what Jesus, the master teacher, is already doing in our lives. What God the Father and Jesus the Son are doing through God the Holy Spirit is work that we could never do for ourselves. We need to remember that this work is going on whether we're aware of it or not. However, because of God's gift of free will to us, it is work which we are free to obstruct, impede, reject, and prolong. The spiritual disciplines are the ways that we submit to what God wants to do and actually is already doing for us and in us. But let's be clear, the spiritual disciplines are not practices of self-improvement as though we're the ones doing the work. 
Our growth in Christ does not fully depend on our participation. It doesn't depend on how well we succeed with these disciplines, and it doesn't depend on how much and how often we do anything. It is always and completely a gift from God. Our growth in Christ is 100% grace. And yet, neither does God force his transformation on us. Let's say it this way. Gifts, by nature, cannot be earned. Then they wouldn't be a gift. They would be a paycheck. So we do not participate in God's grace by what we do, by our works. But neither is something considered a gift if it has been forced onto the recipient of it. Gifts are properly received simply by accepting, opening, using, and thanking the person for the gift. That is how we participate in the free gifts of grace that God gives us. The gift that we get to be with and be like Jesus. The spiritual disciplines are some practices where we then participate in the free gifts of grace. They're the ways that we properly receive what God has for us. They're the ways that we accept, open up, use, and thank God for these gifts. Over the centuries, Christians have found that these disciplines are very helpful ways that we can open ourselves up to God and say yes to the work that he is doing, to say yes to being with Jesus and being like Jesus. Now, why can't we just get up every morning and look skyward and say, God, I am open to you. I say yes to you. Well, we can, and perhaps we should maybe start there. However, being a learner of Jesus cannot be primarily an intellectual exercise of giving mental assent to truth. While there is much truth to learn, it is truth that requires action. Following Jesus is primarily a relationship of love. Relationships are things that require being, being together, being in person. And love requires doing. The spiritual disciplines are the ways that we put into practice a relationship of being and the ways we begin to shape and direct our love through doing. As an adult, you know it's true that simply learning a new truth or changing your mind on something just doesn't automatically result in life change, in behavior change. And as a parent, you know it all too well. You've told your child that a certain behavior is wrong. You even explain why it's wrong. And they really genuinely seem sorry, and they say that they'll do it differently the next time. They believed you, and they've changed their mind. And then when the next time, the next opportunity comes around, they've gone and done it the wrong way again. So what is going on? Have you ever thought about what motivates our behavior as humans? Is it what we think or what we love? St. Augustine, who was one of the earliest and most uh, respected Christian leaders, he wrote that our unchristlike behavior comes from our misguided will. That is, deep down, the things that we want and the things we desire are the wrong things. If you look at the fall story in Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve eat the apple, 
What's wrong there? Did they disobey God? Yes. Did they rebel against God? Yes. But why? Did they not know what was right and what was wrong? No, they knew, but what they wanted was the wrong thing. And their desire for it overruled what they knew to be true. So it's simple. We should want God. We were made to long for God alone, but instead we settle for wanting lesser things. This is the fuel to the fire of our selfishness. This is what motivates our selfishness. Augustine explains that as we give in to our misguided desires repeatedly, this repetitive pattern forms habits over time. The habits deepen our desires until they are compulsive or they become second nature. Have you noticed that in your children? Like, when did you teach them to become so selfish? You didn't. But they are motivated by this love of themselves and their wrong behaviors. I can almost guarantee you, I would bet money on it, their wrong behavior always flows out of their love of self. And it's the same for us as adults. What motivates the way we live is not only what we believe to be good and true, but also, and probably more so, what we love, what we long for, and what we want. And what we want is selfish. So how can a person change their wrong desires? Because if we're meant to be like Jesus, and Jesus is the definition of love, someone who lays down his life for his friends, someone who is completely self-sacrificial. How can we change our wrong desires, our selfish loves? How do we change those selfish loves into desires for the right thing, for loving God and loving our neighbors? Well, if the wrong desires were formed and deepened and solidified through our repetitive patterns, our behaviors that then became habits and then became just second nature, then the right desires too can also be formed through repetitive patterns that will become habits and will over time, maybe over our lifetime, become second nature. Christ writes his law of love on our hearts. And this transformation of heart happens through repetitive practices of being with Jesus and being loved by Jesus. Our selfish love and our desire to be loved will only change as we are loved by Jesus. And as we are loved by Jesus, we are changed from these second nature habits and repetitive patterns of just loving ourselves to being able to be selfless, and to love other people, and to love God, and our desires change from wanting to be loved to wanting to love. The spiritual disciplines are the ways that we train ourselves in God's love. They are the tools that shape our desires through repetitive practice, and they do so by opening us up and saying yes to the Father's love and to the work of Christ in us by his Holy Spirit. And what a gift that is.
Here's some scriptures to help us meditate on the idea of the spiritual disciplines. From Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, in the Message Version. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, and chapter 4, verse 9 in the NIV. Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you.